This week on Crime World... There was a Republican police from 1920. I mean, the IRA was effectively trying to run an underground government. And actually, there was a crime wave. 1919-1920, there's a wave of bank robberies, post office robberies, robberies of individuals, robberies of pubs in Dublin and in rural areas as well. So the IRA tried to actually clamp down on that. They, on occasion, solving bank robberies and giving the money back to the banks. Now, I'm Nicola Talent, and you can listen to my podcast, Crime World, wherever you get your podcasts. Shachtan, an Indo Askeliga. Time in Mon Europe, the end of Chacht Erechor. Agasuligum, a Makan Shah, Gurfeder Echor, Inuik Kart, Len of Winterfein. Skilti, Fis, Turmi. Tashe Dochretche, Nach Vetoch, Ara, Igornamion, on Kestin Echol. Vientalam Aginom Griv, Orkar Nrachtum. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. Well, three years ago, I was in New York City working for a quantitative hedge fund when I came across the startling statistic that web usage was growing at 2,300% a year. So I decided I would try and find a business plan that made sense in the context of that growth. And I picked books as the first best product to sell online. Amazon's new giant Dublin warehouse means faster, cheaper online shopping. But at what price can local shops survive? Are we that addicted to same-day delivery that we're willing to risk local shops and even the main streets of our towns? What's it actually going to be like? And what about workers' rights? Amazon has courted controversy around workers' issues in the US, such as the famous case of the driver who peed into a bottle. One question then will be around the conditions that its warehouse workers and drivers will have here. The man behind it all, Jeff Bezos, is the richest man in the world, and he first hit headlines from his garage in 1997. So you'll open as many square feet of space physical space as you have to, hire as many employees as you have to. To service customers, absolutely. And we'll do it as rapidly as we can. That's a very uh, cost-intense proposition. Not compared to opening an equivalent network of retail stores. So if you open Amazon is now the world's biggest online retailer, and within just six months, Bezos will have built an Amazon fulfillment centre right here in Ireland. I'm Denise Callanan, and you're listening to In Focus, the current affairs podcast from independent.ie. Today, I'll be talking to Irish independent technology editor Adrian Weckler about Amazon's plans for Ireland. Adrian, they've just announced a new fulfillment centre here in Ireland. What exactly is a fulfillment centre and is it a big deal? Fulfillment Centre is a giant warehouse that holds millions of products. And yes, it is a big deal. Not only will it employ 500 people, but it also means in Ireland that you will have now much more one day shipping, maybe same day shipping, because it's not coming from the UK. The warehouse isn't in the UK. And also we will avoid an awful lot of the Brexit related wonky customs charges and delivery charges that we've had for the last two to three years. Anyone in Ireland who has been ordering on Amazon will have at one point or another gotten a wrong estimate or gotten a refund or something related to Brexit-related issues. So those will be far fewer. 
I feel like the term fulfillment centre has everybody intrigued. What exactly does it look like? You said you've act- you've seen one before, Adrian. Yeah, I've been to a couple of them in the States. I travel around quite a bit. The last one I was at was just outside Milwaukee in Wisconsin and I was driving on the highway and it took about a minute at 60 miles an hour to actually finish the building on the right. It was that big. So there, if you can imagine a giant aircraft hangar, it's usually about two or three times the size of that. It's absolutely enormous. Don't forget you've got millions and millions and millions of products uh, stored in these warehouses. And it's not just products for which they have orders. It's products for which they know because of your account and your habits and your history and your culture and your connections and your metadata that you will order in the next few months or in the next year. So they uh, basically this will be the biggest shop in Ireland. And where is it going to be? It's going to be in just outside Dublin there in Baldonnell. So it's an online massive warehouse. It's set for online shopping, Adrian. The conversation that people have been having is how does this, what does this mean for small Irish retail stores in Ireland? Well, it could be very damaging if you look at the normal pattern. So we know, for example, from PricewaterhouseCoopers data uh, that two thirds of Irish people, at least two thirds, currently shop on Amazon. Of those, we know that one in six uh, have what's called Amazon Prime, which is their monthly subscription for about a tenner, which gives you one day shipping and free delivery. The thing about Amazon Prime is if you sign up, you're far less likely to you know, shop elsewhere. You will keep shopping on Amazon. The key statistic, though, is that 18% of Irish shoppers say that they shop less often at other retail outlets as a result of Amazon. So we've seen this in the States where Amazon now has overtaken Walmart. Amazon is kind of the Walmart of our era. It is a killer of other small retail uh, stores, both offline and online. And what was the background to this decision? Is it because of Brexit that they've decided to open a fulfillment centre here in Ireland? Almost certainly. So Brexit has been a giant pain in the neck for big business and big retailers. The UK is by far the biggest online retail market in itself within the within Europe, let's say. Once Brexit passed, that created all sorts of hassles for goods coming in and out of Britain. I've already mentioned some of the annoying, frustrating, confusing charges that we get as consumers of Amazon here in Ireland when we uh, uh, shop there because an Irish Amazon account has to go. Well, it doesn't have to go, but it typically goes through amazon.co.uk. If you sign up for Amazon Prime, it's amazon.co.uk that you are associated with. You can shop at the likes of Amazon.de, which is the German one, but you don't get uh, some of the benefits there. So if if now you have a giant Irish warehouse with all of those products, when you order from Amazon.co.uk, the product will come from the warehouse in Dublin uh, to wherever you live. That means no custom charges, no Brexit nonsense. It also means much quicker delivery. I would say they're going to move to same day delivery in Ireland. And if they're setting up the warehouse in Ireland, Adrian, why is there still no sign of an Amazon.ie web address? Because the Irish market is too small. So I said the the UK is the biggest online retail market in Europe. Ireland is still not considered big enough to be its own distinct uh, uh, Amazon store. So one of the functions of the Irish warehouse is also to serve other places in Europe to get around those Brexit charges. To be clear, Amazon does have 
it has registered the Amazon.ie domain, but if you type it in, it just goes right to Amazon.co.uk. They may yet activate that Amazon.ie, but I would say that's not a priority because simply speaking, the Irish market is just too small. I mean, for us, we feel that we offer something different, obviously in the stores, but also online to Amazon because we know our products so intimately. We know our customers so intimately um, that, you know, Amazon, obviously you have the algorithms, you've read X, you can read the next X here. Um, but for us, you know, we, we're much better at sort of nudging and recommending and finding something new and different that customers might enjoy. And we really found that after lockdown, people, you know, the people, the things, the things that our customers really wanted were the, the, the um, sort of hand-selling recommendations, the things that we'd read and we'd loved. That was Maria Dickinson from Dubray Books speaking on The Last Word on Today FM, Adrian. You've spoken about how the local Irish shop is going to be affected by this. What other retail effects can be expected? Well, the physical high street or the main street in towns and villages and cities, for one. Anyone who has travelled through Midland towns, for example, will have seen shops and buildings boarded up. There's a huge problem in Ireland with uh, retail town centres, which are just not as busy as they were. Now, there are a few reasons for that. One is out-of-town shopping centres. The other is the availability of the internet in general. But the third are these giant stores like Amazon. I had a sofa bed delivered to a cottage in Belmullet in rural Mayo. Now, it cost 70 euro, but I was able to do that online. And that was business taken away from, uh, you know, some local store. I was able to do it from Dublin. They drove the the couch uh, from Dublin. And that's just a reality of life now. So we're seeing our high streets reshaped by... uh, massive online retailers like Amazon simply because you now have 4G in your in your rural uh, townland uh, you can now order something on your phone and that is really really hurting um, high streets uh, around the country and does a fulfillment center in Ireland drive any sort of opportunity for Irish retailers to join Amazon or how would that work Adrian yeah it does so a friend of mine used to have a shop in one of the biggest shopping centers in the Dublin suburbs and the rent went up so he quit the shop and he started selling as a small vendor on Amazon and that that's now what he does. That's He's now one of the top uh, resellers in his tech category. Um, the fact that the new warehouse is here in Dublin should make it easier for Irish uh, retailers to, uh, to to set up and list and deliver logistically their products into that warehouse for delivery uh, around the country. I, I would say, though, that that is a minor benefit to Uh, to retailers here. Now, to be fair, sometimes we talk about the doom and gloom that Amazon and the internet brings. And I've just, you know, spent the last 90 seconds giving you a few examples of that. I don't detect the same kind of outrage from local Irish retailers about this Amazon warehouse being set up as I might have done four or five years ago. ago. There are a couple of reasons for that. I think the main one is the pandemic. We've just come out of an 18-month period where retailers here have essentially had to go to the internet and other types of solutions. They've been forced into doing it to meet the the circumstances and the demands uh, of their customers. And then there's also just an acceptance that the internet is here and it's going to be here. We can 
give out about you know online retail and how it takes away a shopping experience and the you know the artisan uh, you know local shop in the village or the town even though they're the, exactly the type of shops who aren't generally affected uh, by the likes of Amazon but most of us now accept that the internet in general and Amazon as the most aggressive, efficient represented representation of what internet shopping means is just here to stay. Adrian, how many people do Amazon employ? About 1.3 million people worldwide, a million of whom are in the US. In Ireland, the figure in the new warehouse will be 500. And then the company also has another division, which is uh, Amazon Web Services, which employs about, I think it's about 1,500 people. First, their tax affairs came under scrutiny. Now it's Amazon's working conditions. Hundreds of employees on zero-hours contracts are subjected to a regime described as horrendous and exhausting. They're monitored at all times, even toilet visits are regulated. This isn't a sweatshop factory abroad, it's the Midlands-based warehouse of the global online retail giant Amazon. And what's their reputation like as an employer? Because we know that they have benefits on offer for workers here in Ireland as well. But we have also watched a few documentaries over the last few years about their controversial work practices. I think it's fair to say that Amazon is opens its warehouse here in Ireland with a mixed reputation in terms of how workers in general, particularly in the US, uh, the experience that they have and how they've been treated. The, I suppose the biggest flashpoint that we saw in the last year was a controversy over drivers for Amazon feeling pressured and f- time pressured into peeing into a bottle while they were at work. Now, this was a controversy because Amazon initially denied it, but then they had to walk back that apology and acknowledge that it had happened. And they apologized to a US politician at the time who had uh, alleged it. Um, in general, Amazon is held up as a totem sometimes for extreme capitalism, you know, to try and get squeeze more and more and more productivity out of workers. We've seen many documentaries focus on the time targets that Amazon uh, warehouse workers have. Sometimes they have to run down to a shelf to come back and get the package and drop it off uh, on the conveyor belt. For those 10 hours, we are basically machines. We are robots. You know, we plug our scanner to, well, we're holding it, but we might as well be plugging it into ourselves. You know, we don't, we don't think for ourselves. I don't, I don't, don't know, maybe they don't trust us to think for ourselves as human beings. I don't, I don't know. Now, Amazon has countered that or tried to counter that very forcefully in its launch here in Ireland in two ways. First of all, it says that uh, it will offer stuff like uh, up to €12,000 in tuition or college fees. It also says it will offer uh, things like private medical insurance, life insurance, income protection uh, and uh, a company pension. And very unusually, it's the only press release I've ever gotten about the launch of a facility here that had quotes from existing workers as to how pleasant and nice it is to work for this company. They actually had quotes from a husband and wife team uh, of workers about how much they love working for Amazon and how it's a nice uh, you know, atmosphere. So clearly they are aware that this was always going to be a talking point. 
I will say that whatever you've read or seen about employment practice in the US, you should sort of localize that to the US. The US is a much more, uh, you know, do whatever you want, laissez fair labor market than Ireland or European Union countries are. It's kind of inconceivable to, uh, to me to think that a worker here would end up having to pee in a bottle. I it just, I just kind of can't see it happening. Maybe in a year's time, we'll be sitting here in a podcast saying otherwise, but I, I can't see it happening. Did they give us any indication of a timeline of this fulfillment centre being set up, Adrian? They said it's going to be finished in March of 2020, sorry, the springtime of 2022, which I understand to be March. Wow, that's soon. Yes, it's very soon. It's less than six months away. And if you're driving past the building in Baldonnel, you can already see it. The man behind it all is Jeff Bezos, the richest man in the world. Just how rich is he? $200 billion. Wow. Yeah, so it's kind of an abstract figure. Most of us can't really relate to it. Um, the richest we have in Ireland at this point, probably the Collison brothers, Patrick and John, they're probably worth somewhere in the region of about, I would say, six or seven billion each. So surely Bezos doesn't need to be expanding and making more money. Well, he doesn't need to, but I don't think that's really the point when you get into that position. When you have a business, you you know, you know either grow or you die. And I think what Bezos is trying to do is literally try to make Amazon as big as it can be. Don't forget, it's not just shopping. He's into uh, data warehousing as well. A lot of people have smart speakers now in their home, the Echo smart speakers. Um, you can get things things like uh, headphones as well. So he's into an awful lot of stuff. And we know that he has an obsession with space. What else is he investing in? One of the highest profile things was the Washington Post, which he bought in 2013. And to be fair, most people within the media industry think that he has done a decent job in supporting that paper. He hired an awful lot of people. He kind of reinvented some of the ways that that was able to get readers and reach readers and um, brought in an awful lot of new technology and, uh, and, and IT. It also, of course, put him at odds with Donald Trump. Donald Trump started to attack Bezos, suggesting that uh, you know, he was using the Washington Post uh, or the Washington Post was using Bezos um, as a way to try and stymie uh, Trump and the Republicans in the last election. I don't know how valid really that criticism is. Um, he's also has some, Bezos has some slightly madcap uh, investments as well. One is uh, a startup that wants to further the idea of eternal life. He's not the only one. Elon Musk has uh, something uh, similar. So he has a lot of irons in the fire. We need to take all heavy industry, all polluting industry, and move it into space and keep Earth as this beautiful gem of a planet that it is. Now, that's going to take decades and decades to achieve, but you have to start. And big things start with small steps. And the race to space, um, you know, against Elon Musk and Richard Branson. What do you know about that? And, and where is it at at the moment? Well, he has a company called Blue Origin, and it's, he's very, very serious, as is Elon Musk. About not, it's not like Richard Branson's Virgin Galactic, which is basically just a space tourist trip up, you know, 
30, 40 miles to see the curvature of the Earth. There's not really any ambition there. What Bezos wants to do, like Musk, is to create or contribute to a future where there is life and activity outside our planet. Now, he one of the, the, the justifications he makes for this is he wants to take pollution off planet Earth. There's a science fiction series on Amazon Prime video, coincidentally, called The Expanse, which is the same basic idea. It's about mining materials and minerals in, uh, in, in the moon and, and other places off-world. His basic thesis is that the world is getting too small for the number of people on it, and he wants to move uh, activity off there. Other people don't give him credit for that. They think it's basically a willy-waving exercise between him and Elon Musk and Richard Branson, tech billionaires who have more money than they know what to do with. So they're fulfilling the dreams of every eight-year-old boy, which is build a rocket. He was never a man really to court controversy, but we did all read about him a couple of years ago when he divorced. He had a pretty mess up, messy breakup from his wife, Mackenzie Scott. That's right, Mackenzie Scott. And they divorced and she ended up getting 4% of the shares of Amazon, which at the current valuation, I think are worth $36 billion. So she in her own right now is one of the 50 richest people in the world. Uh, Because of that, he, of course, um, then got together with a former Fox News TV uh, presenter. His own personal transformation happened at around the same time. If you look at or listen to interviews with Bezos 10 years ago. He was this nerdy kind of guy who, with this squeaky voice, you look at pictures and video of him now, suddenly he's all buff, he's been working out, he's living, you know, the absolute best midlife crisis life. He's He actually looks pretty good, um, speaking as another middle-aged man, um, you know, relatively speaking. And there will always be a sense of intrigue into, you know, the world's richest man. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that is important. That can be dismissed sometimes as a shallow metric. But it, it is important sometimes to step back and take stock of, well, what is our system in terms of how we organize wealth in the world? Who are the poorest and who is the richest? I'm sure you could do some uh, calculation as to Jeff Bezos' wealth being, you know, the equivalent of, you know, the three or four poorest countries in the world. There is another argument for another day on another podcast as to whether or not billionaires and tech billionaires in particular are worth suffering, whether you can justify one man or woman having $200 billion of scarce wealth in the world. I would argue, when we get to that podcast, that you you could argue that the tech guys at least have promised to give most of it away, unlike a lot of the Russians or the Saudi uh, oligarchs. However, that's for another podcast. That was Irish Independent Technology Editor Adrian Weckler. I'm Denise Callanan and this week's In Focus was produced by Mary Carroll with sound design by John Smith. <laughs>